Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you this weekend. You want to know why? Because we have a top 25 football matchup versus the University of Oregon in Eugene. Let's go. Jared and I will be there along with Jared's little brother. We will be reporting live from the game. Reporting, if you can call it that. <laughs> we will be live blogging. We will be posting some interactive stuff. It's going to be a ton of fun. We need you to keep us entertained on our road trip. Make sure you're <laughs> checking it out on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. That's where you'll find all the content. Make sure you're checking out our website too, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, where you will find Jared's weekend watch guides that we will reference later on in the episode, but they are an absolute wonder. Make sure that you are looking at the weekend watch guides. If you enjoy the episode, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and share the episode with your friends. Download as well. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! Let's go wild And welcome back to the Royal Strong and True Podcast, the best podcast on the airwaves. Number one, baby. Welcome, welcome. Sabbath morning. Oh, guess what? When you listen to this <laughs> on Saturday, I don't know, or Friday or, or Friday. Something, I have no clue. We are just off to an incredible start here. Uh, I think, you know, we're a little frazzled. You know why? Why? Our buddy Dan isn't here today. He is the one that keeps our house in order. He's the one he that keeps the house. But today, it's just you and I, Jared, so we're going to rough house a little bit. It's time for some rough housing. We are definitely going to rough house. That reminds me of when I was in the offices, and as an office elder, we used to have wrestling fights between the companionship. So I wrestled my comp, Elder Mori, a couple times, and then the building called us and said we needed to be quiet. So <laughs> then we stopped. That reminds me one time I was on... It was like high adventure or something, right? And we were in this cabin in the middle of Idlewild, <laughs> and we were on like the upstairs balcony, and we we were like wrestling and stuff. Yeah. And this kid that I like actually wrestled like picked me up and like like slammed me on my back. Oh. Like it didn't hurt or anything, but it just made like a really loud noise. Yeah. We were on a balcony, and our young men's advisor. It, it, this is like at two a.m. too, you know. <laughs> our young men's advisor comes out. Shut the hell up! <laughs> and we we're like, did he just say hell <laughs> on the? So, uh, shout out to you, Brother Atwood. Uh, we love you. <laughs> what a way to start, huh? That's awesome. <laughs> that is a great start. Let's uh, talk about some sports. Let's talk about sports. Let's do it. Anyway, uh, coming back to the original point, roughhousing. Mm. Uh, we have some roughhousing for you. First item of roughhousing. The weekend watch guide is up. Check it out, baby. Let's go. It'll be up on the website. It'll be up on my Twitter. It'll be up on the Loyal to Royal Pod Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, links will be there. You guys can uh, get to it from there. Games will start Friday night, tonight, when you're listening to this, hopefully, at 5.30 with Florida State and Louisville. And it, they go until the last game starts on, uh, I can't remember, Spectrum Sports. Duquesne at Hawaii kicks at 10 p.m., if you're a real football fan, you'll watch that oh, one. Oh, yeah. You'll be up watching that. 
It doesn't matter if you're on the East Coast and the game kicks at 1 a.m. You'll be watching it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we are very excited. Uh, this is going to be an awesome week of college football. Go check it out. And can we be honest, if you are not on our Instagram and Twitter checking out the weekend watch guide or checking out the other stuff that we're posting, you're missing out. Because we have been going ham lately, and we're going to have a lot of fun stuff for game day for Oregon, too. Our story just yesterday had a little kid singing, Oh, I won't let you go. And not only that, it had TJ Haas screaming, Shut the F up at Portland fans. So if you're not there, you are missing out. Now, alert. 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 We got a good vibes alert. Oh, there we go. I like this. Remember, before Baylor last week, I said, I bowled a 231. Good vibes only. Yes. And it worked. I got some more good vibes for this Let's weekend. Let's go. No bad vibes. Good vibes. We had, oh, I had my first intramural football game on uh, Wednesday. It was an absolute blowout. Heck yes. I connected with a wide receiver on a length of the field touchdown pass as well <laughs> on like the first play of the second half. So I think it's going to happen in the BYU game as well. And there better be some good vibes because I literally have money on this game. Let's go. You know what I mean? More than Cheez-Its? So... Let me tell you a little quick story. Today, I went okay. to work. Okay. My, my boss, Brent Swayze, great man, awesome dude. I forgot to clock in and out today. Okay? <laughs> I told him I'm missing tomorrow to go to the BYU game in Oregon. Okay. I text him and I say, hey, you know, the pay period is ending soon. Would you mind just like adding it like manually because he can do that, right? And he texted me back and said, only if BYU wins. <laughs> so, if BYU doesn't win this game, I don't get... The six hours that I work today. So, uh, good vibes will translate to more money. Better vibes, BYU victory. Justin, how does it feel to break one of the Ten Commandments and put money on a football game? I promise I didn't mean to. <laughs> I was coerced. Justin has inadvertently put hundreds of dollars on this game. <laughs> not, my, my hourly pay rate is not that large. Uh, anyway, I like the good vibes. Uh, we'll, we... This is something that I'm coming up with right now on the spot. So me and Justin both have a tradition that before game week, we play on Justin NCAA 13, me NCAA 14, we play the game, right? Yep. BYU versus Oregon this mm-hmm. week. Uh, we're now going to do a recap of our games on the Thursday episode. So uh, let me tell you how mine went. It was atrocious. Uh, I, I cannot explain how many injuries there were to the Cougars, okay? So I said it for this, the right temperature, right? You know, like, it's raining. Oh, yeah. We could not tackle worth a patootly bum. It was horrible. They scored, like, a 72-yard touchdown run. He broke five tackles. Okay, we did win 24-22. to They scored with 30 seconds left to go ahead, and I marched down the field, kicked the game-winning field goal as time expired. But oh, BYU at Tennessee style. Yes, but... Jaron Hall got injured. No. Puka Nakua got injured. No. Gunnar Romney got injured. No. Those two, I'm like, okay, well, they were injured, right? Isaac Rex gets injured. No. Connor Pay gets injured. What Guess what I had heck? snapping the ball by the end of the game? Ooh. Mason Wade. What? He was my center for the last minute drive. Well, we're not going to go off of yours, Jared, because nobody <laughs> okay. got injured in mine. Oh, let's go with yours. Granted, like, you know, I can't, like, install, like, the, like, packages that you can on NCAA 14. For me, it's literally just, like, the position and a number. Okay. It's just like computer generated, right? Of course. But BYU's quarterback, for whatever reason, is always left-handed. So, uh, Riley Nelson, maybe. maybe. Is that I, don't a, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, started out the game. Okay. Up 14-0. There we go. We were just going like crazy. They could not stop us, and we forced three three and outs in a row to start the game. Let's go. Then we went up 21-0. Okay. First half, 
All right, I like that. Second half, I'm kind of just throwing the ball up because, you know, I'm up. You, you have a th- Yeah. You I end up throwing three interceptions. Not good. <laughs> Not good at all. But after a long-fought-out battle, we ended up winning this game 31-10. to Hey, no injuries. No rushing touchdowns either. All passing touchdowns. Four passing touchdowns from Jaron Hall and a field goal hey, plus from one, Jake Oldroyd. Plus one TD to interception ratio. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. There all, you go. All right. Let, let's go with yours then. I would not like to see three picks, but 31 to 10 is much better. Hey, if we can win by 21 points with three interceptions on Oregon <laughs> and in Austin, <laughs> that speaks volumes to like where we are as a program and that we are balling. Yes, we are balling. Granted, we should not throw three interceptions. <laughs> I will admit, uh, I play a very reckless brand of football in NCAA. I, uh, you have to, yeah. right? You have to. Dude, the corners press, you audible <laughs> four verts. There's one deep safety. Four verts every time. It looks like they're they can perfectly defend four verts. Audible to four verts. <laughs> and it, it if goes. he's covered, throw it. If he's open, throw it. Because I I don't think you guys understand like what Jared said. This is like what we actually do. We go into the settings and we change it so that it's a one so that it's a like twelve thirty kick. Like yeah. Not not the time it is here. The time it will be at the stadium. At the game, we change if it's overcast or not. Temperature, temperature, literally temperature. It affects the game in no way whatsoever. But we change <laughs> it. We change the weather. We change everything. We are dedicated to this cause. We will not let a jinx happen. No. Nope. Remember what happened when we didn't play our game before Boise State last year? Uh, I don't think we need to remind the people. Exactly. No <laughs> jinxes, which is why at the end of this episode you might want to stick around. We freestyled before the Baylor game. Resulted in a victory, so we must freestyle once more. Have to do it again. It's only weird if it doesn't work. That's the truth. One of the best commercials of all time. (laughs) All right, let's move on to uh, what everyone's been waiting for. The preview of the BYU football Cougars and the Oregon football Duckies. Playing at uh, 1230 Pacific, I guess it's 130 Mountain, on Fox. Uh, the Ducks are three and a half point favorites. It's been going up to four, down to three. It's settled at three and a half as of now, Thursday night. Um, you know what the first thing we do is the uni matchup. Of course, that's the number one thing. You look good, you play good. You look good, you play good. And BYU will be looking good. Mm, tell me why, Jared. They'll be wearing the Royal Satake, it is dubbed. Uh, <laughs> it's great. The new Royal helmets with the white jersey, white pants with Royal trim and numbers. It's the same uh, jersey combo, different helmet, but same jersey combo we wore for the Georgia Southern game last year. I think it looks really, really fresh and clean. Okay. We were unsure about how these new royal blue helmets would look. We said, okay, in, on the camera they look weird, but maybe on TV they'll look good at, in a night game. Mm-hmm. They looked great. They looked They amazing. looked phenomenal. Like, it was beautiful how like shiny and perfect these helmets looked, and I am so excited for it. Now, l- let me ask you this. What? The announcement photos. Okay. Mm. I actually like looking back on it, the running through the glass thing actually like really grew on me. I thought okay. it was really cool. Okay. But this week, the crotch shots. I think they were kind of interesting. They were kind them. of cool. Yeah, they they weren't like yeah, it was it was definitely cooler than it was weird, but it was kind of like, oh, you don't see that very often. Yeah. And it, again, it's not like a photo where you see the entire uniform. Yeah. Right? It's kind of just like... Kind of see it. You, you can see it, but it's not like... Like in the, the Oregon one that we'll get to later, they took a close-up of the helmet, close-up of the jersey, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what I lean towards so that you can see it. But it was cool. I, I thought it was all right. You mentioned Oregon taking a close-up of their jersey. Yeah. I really wish they hadn't because then <laughs> I wouldn't have had to puke at work this morning. They're, they, they announced their jersey, right? It's like this... 
They were going to wear white originally on the schedule. Or green. Uh, yellow. They were going to wear yellow. It was originally yellow. Originally yellow on the schedule. But they changed it to a midnight game. Oregon in a dark soldier green jersey and pants, matte shoulder green helmet, and face mask with shiny green wings on the sides, shiny shoulder plates with gray metal texturing, yellow numbers, and logos. And looking at it, it doesn't look good. I don't... I... I, I don't understand... Like, okay. Fans are wearing black. Just wear black. Yeah. Why is it not black? Why is it this weird dark green brown color? I don't know. They're getting us ready to play Wyoming in a week. <laughs> it looks like a Wyoming jersey. Like a Wyoming alternate. It literally looks like mud with moss on it. Like, yeah. I, I am not a fan of these jerseys. Especially, like, if this is, like, somebody else, like a different, uh, like, team... Like, perhaps, right, this works. But you're Oregon, dude. You can literally do anything in the world. Nike is in your backyard. Yeah. And this is what you come up with? Really? I mean, mean, first of all, what the heck are you doing wearing a midnight uniform to a 12.30 p.m. kick? Hey, it literally kicks (laughs) at the brightest time of the day, and you call it your midnight game? What in the actual heck is that? Uh, This works well for BYU. Because day blackout games are a curse. Cursed. Absolutely cursed. Absolutely BYU cursed. knows it. They're cursed. Yep. Oregon State in like 2012 or whatever. Cursed. Blackout. Horrible. Cursed. Terrible. We lost like 41 to 10. So I think BYU definitely wins the uni, uni matchup here. Uh, the design for Oregon is not good. The color not good. I just, I don't like it. I think BYU definitely wins. The pattern on the gloves is kind of cool. True, true. I will give him that with the the duck head, the sailor duck, and the and the O's. That is, that is cool. It will be interesting because the entire crowd will be in black except for the corner of BYU fans who will be wearing royal blue. Jared, his little brother Jacob, and I will be a part of that crowd. Heck yes. And uh, being on Twitter today, I've been finding myself more and more on Twitter, which I don't like. But at the same time, I find memes. You kind of have to for your job too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but it is nice. It is. It is nice. Uh, anyway, oh wow, the Chargers have a terrible uh, estimated. What is that? EPA. Uh, average pass uh, expected. Expected points. Uh, EPA. EPA. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. So you're on Twitter too much. I have heard that there are a bajillion of BYU fans flying out to this game. Oh, yeah. I was seeing tweets all over from people at the airport just saying there are 20,000 BYU fans in Salt Lake Airport right now. So I'm very excited. We're going to be there. The Autzen Stadium is not even close to sold out. No. It has thousands of yeah. seats left. It's insane. Which is crazy because their stadium only holds like, what, 54,000? So the That's fact... West Coast football, baby. <laughs> Justin knows it. But yeah, I, I don't know... Um, I'm excited because there will be a very large contingent of BYU fans, and they will be very visible. Much much like in the Tennessee game that we went to, you could tell where the BYU fans were, by both by sound and by color. And I'm excited that we're going to be sitting in the BYU fan section yeah. so that we can be part of that loud noise. Oh yeah, I'm super pumped for it. One quick little nugget on this. Uh, Oregon's classes haven't even started yet. What? The students aren't on campus. How? Why? They can. They, they're like. They might be living on campus, but yeah, students aren't even on campus. Wait, but why? It's September fifteenth. I don't know. I mean, why do they organize? Maybe this is something I heard through the, the grapevine. Maybe I'm absolutely wrong, <laughs> but I'm looking at the academic calendar right now. I'm pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling it up. 
Uh, it says five-year academic calendar. Heck yeah, I'll look at it. Fall 22. Do, 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 do. Classes begin September 27th. Why? When do they go till? September 27th and classes end. Do, 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 do. Final examinations are December 5th through 9th. What? They go to like a month less of school than we do? Yeah, that's some bullcrap. That, that's some bullcrap. But so their student section might be there, but it might also not be. Yeah. I, this is wild. This is, I have heard from the, from uh, Brad Nessler on NCAA 14. He says, this is one of the hardest stadiums to play at. It's where good teams go to die. What? I don't know. I guess we'll see when we, we will, we'll reserve judgment until we get there. But it does not look good for Oregon fans. Speaking of fandom, the student section has sold out for BYU. The Rock will no longer be selling Rock passes for all of football season. Because so many people showed up to the Baylor game that it was like a fire hazard. So that that just shows you the difference between Big 12 football and Pac-12 football. Can I be honest? Yeah, this this is candid. Weak move, Rock. (laughs) Weak move. You should be packing as many people in there. It should not be a it should not be a fire hazard. It should be a biohazard. It should be <laughs> a tripping hazard. You should not be even be able to breathe in that student section, okay? I don't care if you have to pack people in there. All these other stadiums are pointing to th- are reporting 2000 over capacity. BYU too scared to break the rules. Always reports max capacity, nothing more. True. It's ridiculous. True. Just get the fans into the freaking game. And if you've been to any of these old stadiums, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Ohio State, the Swamp. It is like butt cheek to butt cheek, standing room only. It is, you are canned in there. Like for the Ohio State-Michigan game at the Shoe, capacity is like 102, 104, and they always are like 108, 109. Yeah, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Maybe they need to expand the stadium? (laughs) Maybe just expand the rock. That would be cool. (laughs) Even and more, even though we have like the biggest student section in the country, it okay. is wild watching other like watching Texas Alabama game. The student section is like two sections, yeah, and BYU's is like six sections, mm-hmm. and it's full. Yeah. Anyway, should we get back to what we were originally trying to do? Let's tug some nugs. Uh, we got some nuggets that we want to drop. As you know, BYU is playing 25th ranked Oregon. Should they be ranked 25th? No, absolutely. We're not. grateful that they are because it gives yes. BYU another ranked victory. All time, BYU is 1-1 one one against the 25th ranked team in the nation. Okay. Credit to at Cougar Stats on Twitter. Follow at Cougar Stats. He's an absolutely it's great follow. wonderful. In 1990, number 8, BYU beat number 25, Wyoming, by thirty by uh, 29 points. I'll take it. But in 1993, number 19, BYU lost to number 25, UCLA, by 54 points. Oh. So, when we're playing the 25th ranked team in the nation, it's a small sample size, but we either blow out or get blown out. I don't think Bo Nix has the firepower, so we are going to blow out. And and it seems like the higher we are ranked, the better we do. Mm-hmm. So let's take that into account. We also have to take into account that our starting quarterback is Jaron Hall, who all time as a starter is 3-0 against ranked opponents. That's wild, actually. That's very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. So, huh? so what are the teams? Baylor, uh, Utah, and Arizona State, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very good. So, a couple more things you need to know before we get into the actual game recap. Uh, okay. Series history between BYU and Oregon is currently 3-3. Three to three. Okay. Teams have met six times. We've split evenly. Okay. We are traveling to Austin Stadium, and we are being paid $1.1 $1. $1 million for the trip. Excuse me? It's a, it's a 
It's a money bag game for BYU. This is literally like App State going to Texas A&M. They, no, it's not. Because App State, you know they're not going to be right. Oregon literally paid $1.1 million for an easy victory. They paid the like a top 15 team in the nation to come to Austin. Wild. That is Wild. hilarious. So this game was scheduled back in 2015-2016. Uh, and so obviously then it... Probably was going to be a bye game because Oregon was top ten at that time. BYU yep. was seven and six, right? Yep. Currently, um, but that's hilarious that BYU is now twelfth in the nation on a bye game to Autzen Stadium. Yep. <laughs> one point one a million. That's more than we got for the bowl game last year, isn't it? Uh, or ab- around the same. Uh, uh, about the same for the Zach Wilson. Yeah. 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 That's that's hilarious. Wow. Uh, I'll take it though. I'll I'll take one point one a dub. I'll take it. So, Jerry, tell me a little bit about this team. What do we have to be worried about? What do we not have to be worried about? What's the scouting report? Okay, so we'll get into like our personal feelings a little bit later when okay. we do our picks at the end. Good. Um, but during class today, uh, I have journalism research methods. I was watching Oregon film. Yeah, entire class. Yep. Okay. The guy behind <laughs> me was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I'm watching Oregon. You know, I'm watching Oregon Georgia right now. I'm taking notes." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Anyway, I mean, that's that's investigative journal, journalism right there. You're exactly. For something. I, I was researching using a method called YouTube. Okay. That's a method. <laughs> anyway, so I have a bunch of notes on this team. If we're being honest, we don't know a, lot, a whole lot about Oregon. Nope. They got absolutely booty walloped uh, versus Georgia. Mm. And then they went out and played an FCS team Eastern and booty walloped them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can really draw anything. Georgia, obviously, being a juggernaut. And East Washington being a pushover. But these are a couple of things that I took from that game. And then I'll hear from you and, and, and what your research has shown. Okay. Georgia didn't really beat them in the trenches so much as they did on the outside. Georgia, and I don't okay. I don't really know if I should draw that Georgia has amazing skill players. Obviously, they're not known for their skill players, right? right? But Oregon's defense was undisciplined, missed a bajillion tackles, didn't break down, got juked out of the yard. And got just plain beat on a couple of routes. Yep. Um, so that was interesting. And Oregon's offense just couldn't handle the Georgia defensive seven. Mm-hmm. Georgia blitzed on like two-thirds of the plays, and Oregon oh, yeah. just couldn't handle it. Um, against Washington, or Eastern Washington, Oregon just completely outmatched them. Uh, here's my one biggest takeaway from this team is about Bo Picks. Or, I mean, no Knicks. I mean, Bo Knicks. Any of those works. <laughs> Remember how Blake Shapin against BYU got out of the pocket and he didn't have anybody to throw to, and so he'd take a sack, threw it away a couple times, right? But we got four coverage sacks effectively, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Bo Nix is the kind of guy, for better or for worse, that when he gets out there, if he doesn't see anything, he's, he's still, still going to throw it. He's still throwing it. He plays football like Jared and I play NCAA. He, he really does. And he's a perfect example of why it's a video game and not real life. Yep. He throws a lot of interceptions, that but he does. he does also have feet on his body. Mm-hmm. You know, contrary to popular belief, he has two of them. He has two of them. They're not wheels; they're actual feet. Yep. But mm-hmm. when he gets out of the pocket like that, he's either going to throw into coverage or he's going to run. Yep. He's not going to make a smart decision. But that's maybe my main like scouting worry is when he gets out of the pocket because we're going to flush him, right? Yeah. Our defensive line is going to yeah. is gonna do well. Same with our linebackers when I bring him on blitzes. I just worry about containing him when he gets outside of the pocket. That's my that's my one thing to watch for in the Oregon scouting report. 
Fair enough. Honestly, Bo Nix is a very interesting quarterback because he will either throw six touchdowns or six interceptions, <laughs> six interceptions, and there is no in between. He historically has played very well at home. Now, true, this true. is his first FBS home game at Oregon. But Oregon, historically, has struggled against teams that are very physical. For that reason, it's really struggled with Utah in the past couple of years because Utah has made itself such a physical team that Oregon just doesn't know what to do with it. BYU is a very physical team. Oh, Last yes. year, they out-physicaled uh, Utah. And this Utah year, beat Oregon by a bajillion by doing the same thing. Exactly. This year... We arguably out physical Baylor. Mm-hmm. At least we maintain the same physicality of them. We met them punch for punch. So that is something to look out for. Oregon does have a very good offensive line, but if we bring enough heat, I do think that we will be able to get pressure and force Bo Nix to make hasty decisions. Now, we have been boasting our secondary. Oregon has incredible athletes all the way across the wide receivers and the running backs. Nike running speed. backs, exactly. Their running backs will catch passes out of the backfield. Oh, yes. Will our man-to-man guys, because we will need to play man-to-man at time, will they be able to keep up with the Oregon receivers? If they do, we could see a very struggling Oregon offense, in my opinion. Which I really love to see. And on the flip side of that, too, if we can stick with them with man-to-man and load the box, stop the run, that gives us the opportunity on third and long, classic Tuiaki, drop eight. Yep. Do you remember what that did to Keaton Slovis when he came to Pro Bowl 19? He was completely flustered. Yeah. I think Bo Nix is the kind of guy that if you're bringing pressure, bringing pressure, bringing pressure, and then on third and long when you know they have to pass, you drop into that zone, eight, seven guys in the zone. Uh-huh. Bo Nix is not going to know what to do. He's going to force it. He's going to see and go south there. Sam Darnold, he's going to throw some picks. And I think the BYU contingent in the stands is going to be loud. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be like a true home game. Whenever people schedule BYU, they're always like, oh, this is a home game. Then half the stadium gets filled in royal <laughs> blue. BYU fans travel incredibly well, especially this is the Pacific Northwest we're talking about that has a <laughs> ton of members. And in California, even more members that know this is a game that they can easily travel to. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a destination game too. So I think that will be a little bit rattling. One thing to look out for is Oregon has a stable of running backs. Mm. They do not have just one. Against Eastern Washington, you know, and, and, and against Georgia, they had a similar trend. But in, against Eastern Washington, five different guys got seven or more carries. That's that's unusual to that say is the least. Very unusual. Yeah. So look out for that. They have different running backs that they'll use at different times in different scenarios. But I think our defense will be ready to take on all of them. Yeah. I not one of these guys like worries me individually, no. but no. the fact that they can just put in a fresh pair of legs and exactly. still have about the same like range of production. That's that's what you're talking about when you have a stable of guys. That's where it comes into play is on third and short, and you get fresh legs in there every single time. Exactly. Now let's talk a little bit about the defense. I did a little more research on their defense than I did their offense because that's what I was most concerned about. I think that if we are going to have an advantage, it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Now, Eastern Washington is an FCS school. Yes. Oregon prides itself in its physicality, but has struggled in run defense, and their front seven isn't incredible. They gave up, adjusting for sack yardage, 103 rushing yards to Eastern Washington. That's an FCS team. For context, we rushed for less than 100 yards against Baylor last week. Mm-hmm. So if an FCS school can rush for 100 on them, I think we can too. And you know what? I'm kind of pissed. Oh. You want to know why? Why? They rushed for 100 yards, but they were sacked twice and only twice. Okay. FCS school only sacked twice by Mighty Oregon. I looked through the entire game log to see how much those sacks were, like for what distance, because I wanted to adjust the sack yardage. You yeah. know, if it was like 15 or 20 yards, it was three total yards. <laughs> 
<laughs> I spent 15 minutes looking for three yards. So, yeah. that's not, Like I said, the defensive line just did not get a lot of pressure. Only two sacks and only three other tackles for loss against an FCS school. Yeah. And, and against uh, Georgia, the only way they would get pressure is if they brought five or six guys. Yep. There's no way with four. And, I, again, it's Georgia, right? Yeah, so you're sure, probably not sure. going to win your one-on-ones. But BYU does have a pretty good offensive line. Like, against Baylor, who has very good defense, like – Jaron Hall didn't get sacked. He was he played very well, was comfortable in the pocket, right? He had time to go through all of his reads and then throw it away, right? Um, so with BYU's defensive line going up, or offensive line going up against the defensive line for Oregon, I don't worry as much about that battle. But when they do bring those blitzes, I think that's when Jaron Hall is going to have to be light on his feet like Stetson Bennett was, mm-hmm. be able to make plays, get out of trouble, you know, by rolling out, escaping the pocket. And Jaron Hall is much more athletic than Stetson Bennett is. Oh, yes. So I don't think uh, Jaron Hall is going to struggle with that one bit. We're talking about the offensive line. I've seen a lot of debate about this offensive line, and I've come to a conclusion. BYU's offensive line? Yes. Yes. BYU's offensive line for run blocking is just slightly above average. Okay. They're, they're an above-average run-blocking unit. But a pass-blocking unit, they are borderline elite. Oh, yes. They are an elite pass-blocking unit. We, we've basically loaded with pass-blocking guys that can get a push on the running game, but they're not going to get a push every single time. But they do keep Jaron Hall's pocket clean, and that's something I love to see. This is something you alluded to earlier, Jared. Oregon missed a ton of tackles. Mm-hmm. You watched that Georgia game. I didn't watch the entirety of it. Why don't you tell us a little more about that? Uh, they just looked undisciplined and unprepared. And now, it was week one, sure. and so we, you do have to factor in that. But on all of Georgia's touchdowns, they either came up completely standing up, right? As a defender, you want to break down, watch the hips, right? Mm-hmm. They just come, like Noah Sewell. Yeah. I've watched him play. He's a great player. But when he was rushing the quarterback, he was standing straight up, just running at him, trying to like knock him over like a bowling pin or something. Yep. These guys, and I don't know how much they've improved. Obviously, watching Eastern Washington, you can't get a lot because it's an FCS team. I don't know how much they'll have improved, but I think BYU has the quickness that if that is still the case, that they're being undisciplined, being unprepared, taking bad angles, not wrapping up, BYU can really exploit that. Especially Lopini Katoa, very slippery. Chris Brooks, a freaking bowling ball. And our wide receivers that are pretty shifty, pretty fast. I think BYU can make good work of this defense if they are coming in like that, unprepared and uh, undisciplined. There's one more thing I'm looking for. Uh, maybe keep talking a little bit while I look for the tweet. Uh, there are a couple Oregon players that are hurt and are out for the game. True. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, while you find the Oregon players, I think one of them was Justin Flo, I'd like to say, starting outside linebacker. Um, but we'll fact check that. But for BYU, uh, I was at practice doing media availability, and I did see Tyler Batty not in pads for the end of practice. Now, whether he was practicing earlier, I don't know. But that's not a good sign for a defensive line. It sounds from the Twitter space that uh, he's probably not going to play. As far as Gunnar and Puker, uh, <laughs> Gunner and Puka, uh, Fessy Sitake, the wide receiver coach, said that they're both practicing, they're both running this week, but it's a game-time decision again, so we don't know if they're actually going to play. But apparently they are up and running, so that's very good to hear. Uh, I think if we have them, that would definitely affect the spread 
definitely move it in BYU's favor. If we don't have them, I still think we have a good chance to win, but we might lack that explosive explosivity like we did in the Baylor game. Especially with the emergence of Chase Roberts. Mm. I think Chase, we have, we have a bona fide star in Chase Roberts. Yes. So I did find some of the players. Uh, they are somewhat expected to be back for BYU, but these are players to look out for. Uh, we have six-year senior receiver Seven McGee. Oh, His name is Seven he McGee. He went off against me in the uh, NCAA game. He is a good player. Their kicker Andrew Boyle and a running back Jordan James. Okay, all right. Uh, I mean, also those... uh, offensive guard Ryan Walk. Okay, I mean those are important players. Yeah. So let's let's you got hope a guard that a running back and a six-year receiver. Let's hope that at the very least they're not a hundred percent. Yep. All right. Uh, where is your key matchup for the game? I know that we've been talking about all the different X's and O's and stuff, but where will this game be won? What phase of the game? My key matchup is our DBs versus their wide receivers. Like I said, I'm not mentioned. I'm not worried offensively. I think offensively we will have a good game. I'm more worried about our defense and how we are going to pair up with the speed that Oregon has because Oregon has speed like no other team we have faced. They have athleticism Definitely. like no other team we have faced. Baylor's got good guys, but they're not Oregon athletes. These guys are all four or five-star guys that are quick and that can move, but I do like our secondary. This game will come down to whether or not we can cover them for long enough to, to make Bo Nix make Bo Pick's decisions. Yes. If Bo Nix throws in the first three, four seconds of his drop back, he can make good throws. But if he has to extend it out and is throwing in the tight windows, he makes boneheaded decisions. So if we can hold him for about five seconds per attempt, I think that we will have a couple interceptions by the time this game is over. I very much hope so, and I agree with you. And I'm taking it hand-in-hand hand with you, but on a different phase. I think it will be one in the trenches. Now, the DBs and the wide receivers, nobody can cover anybody for five seconds. And our DBs are very good. And I think if they can hold up against those wide receivers and man-to-man, -man, like you said, it could get ugly for the duckies. Um, but I think the trenches on both offense and defense is where BYU kind of established the tone. Like you said, Bo Picks, will he show himself? If you limit the run game, if you force him out of the pocket with your D-line and your linebackers in the trenches, winning those one-on-one -on -one matchups, bringing pressure, he's going to go out of the pocket. He's going to make stupid decisions. Oh, yeah. And I trust our DBs to stay, you know, in contained, stay in their, in their coverage on the scramble drill. Yep. On the offensive side. Like like we, you were saying, I think our offense will do very fine, but we need to establish the run. Mm -hmm. Now, people were talking about our defense or our offense last game, how it wasn't very good. I think it could have been – we just couldn't establish the run. We could not get the run rhythm going, and that affected everything because oh, yeah. then Absolutely. Baylor didn't have to sell out to stop the run because we weren't getting anything on a four- or five-man you know, front. So if we can establish the run, if Chris Brooks and Lopini Kadoa can be getting even like five yards of pop, four yards of pop, oh, yeah. right? Something that they at least have to commit an extra body to the box, that'll open things up for our wide receivers that might need a little help with Puka and Gunner out. I 100% agree. So we've kind of already talked about Austin Stadium. There will be a lot of BYU fans there, and Oregon hasn't even sold it out, even though they have the number 12 team in the nation coming to their home. Come on. What fair weather fans they have. <laughs> Are you worried that there is an emotional kind of you know high that they're coming off of after the Baylor game that they are going to struggle with in the Oregon game? For me, that is the biggest worry. And I fully admit I suffer from battered fan syndrome. 
Oregon as a team does not scare me. Autzen Stadium does not scare me, especially because they're missing like 8,000 fans. It is that com- complacency or emotional letdown spot that BYU is in. Now, we all know what I'm talking about. It happened last year against Boise State. It's happened before. The The thing that gives me hope in this is that it feels different this year. Now, the voice in the back of my head is saying, eh, you say that every year. But that Baylor game was I've never I have not seen a BYU team in the last ten years do that. Go toe to toe, slug for slug, punch for punch. Yes, win a defense. It's like the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I hadn't seen Ohio State win a slugfest since 2014, and now look at them. They destroyed Notre Dame in the second half. BYU did that same kind of thing against the heavyweight Big 12 champ Baylor. Mm-hmm. It feels different to me. It feels like we're more focused. It feels like we have our head on our shoulders. Whether we will or not, we will have to see. But I I have that cautious optimism is what you could say about that. I 100% agree with you. It is it's an emotional game. There's no getting around it. It doesn't matter how many times in press conferences guys say, you know what, we're not worried about it. You know, there is no emotional high, whatever. There always is. Yep. But I do enjoy that God is smiling down on the BYU football program. <laughs> we have heard that BYU has been practicing outside in rainy conditions. Basically, this whole week while BYU is practicing, the weather was exactly how it will be on the Pacific Northwest. Basic, like literally to the degree, to the showers, precipitation, fogginess, cloudiness, all the same. Yep. So uh, God is smiling down on this BYU football program, and I will stick to that. I like that. Uh, Give us a tease for why BYU is going to win this game. Like we said, we'll get into it a little bit later. But give us a tease. BYU is going to be very physical. They're going to run the ball. They are going to bring the house. They are going to, you know, bring some pressure. Offensively especially, they are going to run it down their throat and they are going to have success, which will open up the play-action game. I expect more than a few deep shots. (laughs) Let's go. I will say, the physicality that I saw during the Baylor game, I went home and rewatched it, right? It got me going way more than a shootout does. Oh, yeah. Like the Virginia game, it was awesome, right? Was score, score, yeah, score. Yeah. But there's just something different. Max Tooley Max filling Tooley holes. Max Tooley coming up and <laughs> nailing the crap out of somebody. Oh my gosh, I, I crapped myself when he hit him that hard. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> RG3's calls. He baptized the man in that hole. He made him see the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I have a G3 national treasure. <laughs> national treasure. Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm going to bring this up right now because before I forget. RG3, I don't know if you watched the entire thing. RG3 yeah. during the podcast, or sorry, during the podcast, during the broadcast, said top to the bottom, the Big 12 is better than the SEC. Truth! He said that the top of the SEC is better. True. But that top to the bottom, you play everyone else, the Big 12 is better. I thought that was a very bold take coming from somebody at ESPN. <laughs> Sorry. Right? Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> you better watch his back after that one. He probably had a producer in his ear saying, You do not promote anything over the SEC. Um, <laughs> I think, hear me out. Every year they change which conferences do it, right? Five power five conferences, okay? Four when you take out the Pac-10 once they dissolve. Yep. 
you need to have like a challenge where they wrote like in basketball. It's like yes. week nine or week ten instead of the SEC going to play Samford State like handkerchief school. You should have you should have the SEC Big Ten challenge and the ACC Big Twelve challenge. Oh heck yeah! And you just pit them against each other depending on their standings. Yes. You don't find out until Sunday night the week before. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Shout out to Samford State Handkerchief College. <laughs> uh, why is BYU going to win in your opinion, Jared? I think it's going to be that physicality. It's going to be mindset. It's completely mental. Completely mental. Completely mental, just like us. Mental. Mental. <laughs> ah! <laughs> All right, let's move into uh, the college football week three preview. Shall we? Let, let's shall. Let's shall. Now that we are not talking about BYU, we're going to calm down just a bit. Just... Just for a moment, just a wee bit. And uh, now we're back. <laughs> you want to know why? Why? Because the first game I see written down on this script is South Alabama at UCLA. Are you kidding me? What an incredible game. There's going to be 2,000 people max at the Rose Bowl <laughs> while the South Alabama Jaguars come in and smack around the Fighting Brian Kellys. And let's be honest, half of them will be South Alabama parents and, and family members. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this game really interests me. UCLA's 15.5 point favorites. Watch out for South Alabama. They're a very good Sunbelt team. We saw App State come into College Station I think, what were they, like 20-point underdogs against Texas A&M? And they came out with a dub. I would not be surprised at all to see South Alabama walk out of here with a dub. Hey, I'm the biggest believer in South Alabama. I was the only one that picked them over Central Michigan, including you fans. True. So, uh, another game I'm really interested in this weekend is uh, number 23, Pitt at Western Michigan. Ooh. A revenge game as Western Michigan traveled to Pittsburgh and beat them last year. Now, Pitt down Keaton Slovis. Patty Cake, whatever his name is, Nick Patty, was on literally his last leg yep. at the end of that game. Yep. Western Michigan is playing at home this time. Watch out for an upset there as well. Mm-hmm. Another game I got my eye on, USF at Florida. Mm-hmm. Do I think this will be close? No. Would I lose my shiz if South Florida beat Florida? Oh, baby. Because then you, then you know what we get to claim. The transitive property. Transitive property. BYU beat USF, which beat Florida, which beat Utah, which is BYU beat Utah. Let's go. In a year we didn't even play, baby. Two years in a row. <laughs> Speaking of incredible games, can we get University of Texas San Antonio at Texas? The <laughs> UTSA literally shot a hype video on Texas's campus. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a baller move. That is a baller move. Uh, this a, a lot of people are saying this, and I think it's kind of true. This game will determine whether Texas is back or not. Yep. Because classic Texas is lose a close Red River showdown and then go lose to Kansas at home. Yep. You lose this close, intense battle with Alabama, and then you lose to UTSA at home, you're back at square one. But yep. if you go out and blow out UTSA, then Texas truly is back. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. What other games you got your eye on? <laughs> uh, next game, Miami at Texas A&M. Ooh. Does Texas A&M stand any bit of a chance? Yes. Ooh. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Mario Cristobal, historically in big games, has liked to play it close, does not go for the blowout. Mm. Jimbo Fisher does the exact same thing. <laughs> this is going to be like a 14 to 10 game. I. It honestly will be. I, Miami, super hyped. We know nothing. Yep. Texas A&M, super hyped. We know that they suck mm-hmm. on offense. They are horrible. Yep. So I this will be a good game, ugly game, mm-hmm. but it'll be a close game. 
You know, speaking of ugly, we got the University of Utah on deck. SDSU is traveling to Utah after beating them in San Diego. Oh, I guess technically in Los Angeles last year. They didn't have their <laughs> after beating them in California last year. Uh, Utah seeks for their first FBS non-conference win since 2019. Wow. That's, that's a long time. Yep. Uh, personally, I don't think... San Diego State stands a chance. I mean, if you lose to Arizona, you're probably going to lose to Utah. Arizona's the best one, one team in the nation last year, and they're they're back. True. Utah can't say that. Mm. Uh, anyway, keep your eye on that one. I don't expect it to be close, but like Justin said, they won last year. Mm, I don't know. I hear the shirts come off at those Utah games. So. Oh, <laughs> were they ever there in the first place? That is a question. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, on to our next game. This one, I think, is probably maybe going to be the best game of the day. Uh, USC plays host to Fregno Staple, mm-hmm. Fresno State. USC has scored 52 points off of eight turnovers this year. That is dumb turnover. Insane. Dumb. That, dumb. I think Fresno State, Jake Hayner, very much more careful. That was great grammar. Very much more. Very much more careful with the ball. I think this is going to be close. I think these two are going to be... The opposite of Baylor BYU. This is going to be like a forty-nine to forty-five game. I think it's going to be a beautiful game. Last but not least, uh, North Dakota State at Arizona, uh, the top FCS team going up against the best one-win team in the nation from twenty twenty-one. I this game, I thought NDSU was going to win for sure at the beginning of the season, but now this should actually be a good game. Arizona's looking frisky. They're looking frisky. They might beat an They're FCS team frisky. this year. They didn't do it last year. Lost to NAU. Didn't do it. First of all, if you're an FBS team, why in the world are you scheduling North Dakota State? Right? I don't don't know. No. Uh, Anyway, shall we get to the biggest games? I think think we might have just drank too much Dr. Pepper. Uh Uh-oh. Because it looks like it's getting a little tipsy up in here. Are we a little tipsy? The tipsy Dan. Here we go, baby. Uh, Let's do a little picks update. Mm. Uh, Last week was fantastic for Justin. Justin led the way, going, what was it, 8-2? 7-3. 7-3, 7-3. Dan went 6-4, and four, mm. and I went 5-5. Five and five. Mm. Rough week for me. Uh, I went back, looked at those, not happy with myself. Mm. Uh, anyway, updated standings for the season. Dan, 21-6. and six. Mm. Justin, 17-10. and 10. Mm. Jared, 16-11. So Dan's got a sizable lead on us, Yep, but it is just the beginning of the season. There is a lot of room for a comeback. Yep. Uh, let's move into it then, shall we? Yep. Fans, you have also voted. We will count you in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not beat us last week. No, you did not. Not even close. Nope. You went 5-3 and three with two ties. So yep. you were basically me. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's start with our Freaky Frisky Friday game. We got Flaw State, the Knolls, oh, 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 at... Louisville. That's how the Yankees say it. Louisville. Uh, anyway, Florida State, two and a half point favorites yep. on the road. Mm-hmm. Last time we saw them, they blocked the PAT to beat LSU. Mm-hmm. Louisville coming off a big win in the bounce house. Who you got in this one, Justin? For me, this is an easy pick. It was hard when I was looking at it. I was like, you know what? Florida State's going to win this ballgame. But then I looked. Florida State is currently 2-0. Mm-hmm. Do I trust a Mike Norvell Florida State team <laughs> to start a year 3-0? Absolutely not. Give me Louisville in this one. Louisville is not favored because they struggled so much in their first game. They bounced back beating UCF. UCF is no slouch. So I think Louisville is starting to get it back. They are at home. 
Give me the Cardinals. Yep, I am right with you. I thought I was going to be the lonesome. I thought I was going to get the sneaky pick against you know against the crowd. No, give me Louisville. They looked really good. Let's be honest. Louisville got blown out by Syracuse. Yep. Syracuse is basically the Virginia of last game mm-hmm. where they played video game offense. Robert and I. Who knew, right? No more draws on third and 12? Wow. Weird. Maybe that was Bronco. <laughs> was it just Bronco? Speaking of Bronco to Nebraska, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good fit. Anyway, back to Florida State and Louisville. Uh, Florida State is way more like UCF than Syracuse. Yep. They're not going to throw the ball a bunch. They're going to play the slog game. Louisville taking this one at home. Fans, you're with Dan. Yep. Taking the Knowles. Mm-hmm. 83% of you said Florida State. Same with Dan. Yep, yep. Moving on to our next game, we travel to Nebraska, where <laughs> number six Oklahoma goes in as 11-point favorites. This game is at 10 a.m. on Fox. The fans have chosen Oklahoma. Dan has chosen Oklahoma. Jared, who are you choosing? Uh, okay, I have a good take, and I can't take credit for it. Some guy on Reddit, on College Football Reddit, had this had this take before me, but I really, really like it. So I'm piggybacking. Okay. Call me 11. Uh... Nebraska and Scott Frost. How many one one score losses did they have? Oh, he was like six, six and twenty seven or some crap like that. A That's ton, all. right? A yeah. ton. I think Scott Frost is Nebraska's Snape. Everyone thinks he is the cause of the problem, but really he is mitigating the problem. Mm. So now I think Nebraska, now that Scott Frost is gone is going to be losing by 50. Mm. Do I actually believe the take? No, but do I like the reference? Yes. So, Scott Frost, he was ill ill um what's the word? Uh he was the suspect. He was falsely con- accused. False, thank you. Was, yes, I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for, but I don't oh, know okay. what I was thinking. All right, he yeah. was falsely accused of being the evil, but he was the one mitigating the disaster so it didn't get too ugly. Give me Oklahoma. Give me Oklahoma, too. I think Oklahoma's going to win this by a lot more than 11 points. If I was putting cheeses down on anything, I would put it down on this. Nebraska's bad. Oklahoma's good. Simple as that. (laughs) Simple as that. Uh, Clean sweep there. Clean sweep. Does that worry you? Uh, Absolutely. That means Nebraska's going to win. Which is fine. (laughs) Which is fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Purdue at Syracuse. Uh, This game has been bouncing back and forth. Right now, uh, on ESPN, you can get Syracuse. Minus one and a half on their little pick center. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. But then if you go to Caesars, they got Purdue by half a point. Uh, either way, this is going to be a wildly high-scoring game. Both of these offenses love to throw the ball, love to score in the 40s. Give me Purdue. And for this reason only, okay. I am a man of principle. And I cannot knowingly choose a Big Ten school to lose to an ACC school. Okay. I can't do it. That's so I'm fair. going Purdue. I'm going Syracuse in this game. Okay. I really do like Syracuse. Their quarterback is playing very well. Aiden O'Connell is not looking as good this year as he did True. last year. True. Purdue is struggling offensively, and Syracuse is nothing but offense. So I think Syracuse at home is going to start off 3-0 and with Robert and I as their offensive coordinator. It's got to be a while since you find the last 3-0 and Syracuse team. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so Justin is the lonesome loner on that pick. Let's travel to Alabama. Oh, I guess we should probably uh, say the fans and Dan. I forgot about that. Huh? Uh, Purdue and Purdue. Yep. 62% so, of fans voted Purdue. All right. Uh, there you have it. Boilermakers versus Oranges. We need to see like a mock-up graphic of like a train fighting an orange. 
Yeah. That would be amazing. Like, you know those CGI, like, animal versus animal things they used to do? Yeah. We need to see that for this matchup. A train fighting in orange. That would be incredible. It would be amazing. Is it an orange-sized train or a train-sized orange? Ooh. Let's go orange. No, no, no. Train-sized orange. Train-sized orange. Okay. I think that's cooler. All right. We now move on to the great state of Alabama. Alabama. Where a nice couple in my ward, the wife is from Alabama. She is an Auburn fan. Ooh. And that is who we are reviewing right now. Auburn, Penn State, number 22 in the nation. Three-point favorites at Auburn, 1.30 p.m. CBS. Dan's got Penn State. 62% of the fans, also 62% for Purdue, oh. took Penn State. Who are you taking? Give me Happy Valley. We are Penn State. It's hilarious because Auburn had Bo Nix, and you didn't think it could get much worse for them. Yeah. Their quarterback is worse than Bo Nix. Yep. Because he doesn't even... This guy doesn't even show the flashes of greatness that Bo Nix used to show like once every six games. Auburn is bad. Brian Harson is in a very bad spot. Everybody wants his blood. Give me Penn State. See, I was going to take Auburn in this game. Really? I just don't think Auburn's going to lose at home in front of all its boosters okay. like that. Like okay. I think it's going to be a very, uh, you know, they're really going to stick it out for this one. But I've seen everybody else is choosing Penn State now, and that's kind of affecting me. Should I be a man of principle? Give me Auburn. Wow. Just, Justin, I see you. I see you there. You're trying to make a comeback on Dan. you got to go out with these picks. I'm honestly probably going to take a bunch of L's on this one, <laughs> and I, I'm okay with that. But honestly, like, I, I'm a man of principle. I was going to choose Auburn before everyone else picked Penn State, so I can't change just because everyone else did. you got to stick to your guns. got to stick to my guns. Stick to the guns. All right, next game is a banger. 1.30 p.m. on CBSSN. We got Vandy. Going to Maxentown, NIU. NIU is favored by two and a half, but listen to this. 79% of the fans chose Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. That win over Hawaii really did it for them. Dan is also choosing Vanderbilt. Personally, I'm going to take NIU in this one. Yeah. I, I just think Maxion over the SEC every day. Again, logic out the window. Got to live by my principles. Just like you sticking to your guns, I got to stick to mine. Give me the Mac. Give me Vanderbilt on this one. Whoa! I Vanderbilt's been blowing, blew out Hawaii, and is not that they're not two and one if I'm not mistaken. Who Hawaii? Vanderbilt. 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 I think they're two and zero. Two and zero. Oh, that's right. They had a little bye, huh? Mm -hmm. They are currently two and zero. NIU has struggled recently. Only beat an FCS team by seven, and then lost to Tulsa, who neither of us are high on by three. Give me Vanderbilt and the rever and the alternate spread on that one. To be honest. Uh, so that makes me worry a little bit. Um, Vanderbilt is two and one. They lost the week for us last week. Two so and one. So good calling right. you. Good calling you. Um, yeah, I didn't look at North Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois schedule at all. Uh, that really worries me. But like I said, man of principle, stick to the guns. Can't choose SEC schools, but we might have to coming up. We can't pick SEC schools, but we can pick the alma maters of friends of the program, Gabe, Judy, Lolly. So that gives us a pass to pick them. Okay, okay, there you go. I, I see you. I see you. I'm still, I'm still gonna stick with NIU. I'm still gonna do it. We travel now to Texas. Pech. Texas. That yeah, just reminds me. I guess you didn't watch SpongeBob growing up, huh? Nope. But uh, <laughs> just reminds me of SpongeBob and Patrick. They're having a little interaction, and they're like, "Hey, what are you?" Or like, "What am I?" You're stupid. No, I'm Texas. What's the difference? <laughs> Texas is stupid. Anyway, uh, yeah, my, my in-laws live in Texas, so maybe I shouldn't say that. 
I'm talking a little too much. Kansas at Houston. Kansas 2-0 currently. First time since 2013 that they start 2-0. They're traveling to Houston. Houston, 8.5 point favorites. This game will be on ESPNU at 2 p.m. Dan has chosen Houston. 55% of the fans in a close, Ooh, one, close one chose Houston. I am also choosing Houston on this okay, one. Okay, okay. I do think Kansas is good, but I think Houston has just been struggling a little bit. And Oh my gosh. Never mind. Give me Kansas. Oh! I'm we got a switcheroo! I'm like, okay. Kansas runs the ball incredibly well. That's oh, yeah. what they had hung their hat on in this 2-0 start. Houston's run defense, if I'm not mistaken, is 117th in the nation right now, if not worse than that. So give me Kansas just because I think Kansas' strength play to Houston's weaknesses this game. Let's go. I am also on Kansas. Let's go! Kansas is back, oh, baby. Oh, baby. We're going New Year's six time with Kansas. Just kidding. But they are going to beat Houston at Houston. I'm very high on this Kansas team. Jalen Daniels, I remember, I don't know if he's the same quarterback as last year, but I remember watching the quarterback for Kansas last year. He was playing the same style of ball. Super athletic, flying around the field, running the ball, throwing the ball. I don't even know if it's the same guy that's playing this year, but this guy looks exactly like the guy last year. That's good enough for Just us. better. So, give me Kansas. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. All right, this is the game where we definitely have to choose an SEC school, unfortunately. Yeah. But it should be a good game. I'm actually excited for this one. Mississippi State, Mike Leach taking on Brian Kelly. Probably the second most hated SEC coach, right? Behind Brian Harson. Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, anyway, anytime Brian Kelly pops up on Twitter, I'm like, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh and then boy. when Mike Leach pops up on Twitter, you're crying because it's some whack thing he's saying. Uh, give me Mississippi State in this one. I'm with Dan. I'm with the fans, 58% of them. Two and a half point favorites over LSU. I just think they're too much. LSU has a lot to worry about here. Uh, definitely, definitely give me the Bulldogs. Give me the Bulldogs too just because it's Mike Leach. No, I'm kidding. I, I really don't <laughs> trust LSU this year. I think LSU is going to be part of a rebuild year as Brian Kelly tries to get his guys in. I think Mississippi State's going to win this game. As I previously said, I am high on Mississippi State this year. Yep. Um, all right, next game. This is another close one from the fans. Yep. Uh, we got Texas Tech, who just beat Houston in overtime. Looked pretty good. Going to number 16, NC State. NC State, 10-point favorites. Uh, this one's 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN2. 52% of the fans are taking Texas Tech. Dan going with NC State. Justin, who are you taking on this one? Dude, this is an interesting one to me. Uh I was kind of high on Texas Tech for a little bit, but then I looked back at their game versus Houston, and they committed a lot of mistakes, lots of turnovers. NC State does not do that. NC State is very clean, very mature with the ball. Because of that, I think Texas Tech is going to throw some errant balls that NC State is just going to take advantage of. Even though NC State's offense sucks, they will not turn the ball over, giving the Wolfpack the victory. See, here I really, really want to pick Texas Tech, but you look at them, you look at the matchup, like you said, Texas Tech, Texas Tech does not match up well with NC State. Now, I don't think NC State is that good. I really don't. But if you look at their game against ECU, what stopped them? ECU's red zone defense was staunch. Texas, Texas Tech just gave up like 35 points. The, it's going to be a different kind of game. Texas Tech, I don't think, can get the stops necessary. And I don't think their offense is good enough to score you know, 25 to 30 points on this NC State defense. So give me the give me the Wolfpack. Even though I'm fading the Wolfpack 
over the season, over the course of the season, not in this game. For our final two games, we head to the Pacific Northwest. First, we head to the state of Washington, where Warsh. Michigan State is traveling to play the Huskies at 5.30 Mountain Time on ABC. Washington is a three-point favorite. Do you think Washington wins and covers, or do you think Michigan State has something to say about it? This is another interesting one. I think Sparty is very overrated, Okay. but last year we also thought they were overrated. They ended up winning 11 games beating Michigan, who went to the playoff. So I'm not really sure what to think of Sparty yet. They're going to Washington. Washington's got Michael Penix. P- pronunciation, you you decide on how you want to pronounce that. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, also in his first year at Washington. I think they have a good thing going. But again, I'm a man of principle. Give me the Big Ten over the Pac-10 every day. Give me Sparty. I don't really know why I'm doing this, because I haven't seen anything from Michigan State that, you know, Gives me hope. Uh, but I think they're going to pull another quick one on us, and they're going to beat Washington on the sound. Okay. Interesting. 79% of the fans chose Michigan State. They agree okay. with you. Dan also agrees with you. Okay. I'm going to have to digress, though. Oh, got another. we got another lonesy loner, lonesome loner. I do think Michigan State is not a great team this year. I was not super high on them last year. They did prove me wrong. This year, I do think they're bad. And listening to not bad, I don't, I don't think they're good though. Yeah. And listening to the Cover Three podcast, you know Tom Fernelli, who has a lot of connections in the Big Ten area, saying that he's talking to a lot of local Michigan State guys, and they think Michigan State is bad this year. They think that they're going to struggle this year. I do think Washington is okay. Washington's home field advantage is palpable. It is very good. So give me Washington in this game. I don't think they cover. I think it's probably going to be a close game, even under a field goal. But I think Washington might win an ugly game that's somewhere in the range of like. 17 to 16 or something like that. I can definitely see that. I am excited for this game. I think it's going to be a good game. I think they're very well matched. I just think it's funny that, like, the teams are basically the same, except one is ranked 11th for no good reason. Yep. Uh, Anyway, moving on to the last game, the game of the weekend, by far, BYU at number 25, Oregon. BYU ranked number 12 in the country. Not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Uh, Dan choosing BYU. Good on him. Huge shout out to the fans. We did not have any dissenters. No need to excommunicate anybody this time. 100% on BYU. Thank you. I like it. I don't hate anybody this week. I, uh, let me, I'll go, I'll go first. I have been mortified and terrified this week of this game. Okay. What scares me is nothing about Oregon. Nothing about uh, Autzen Stadium. Nothing about traveling on the road, playing a day game. It 100% has to do with BYU. I am completely worried that classic BYU is going to come out of here, show up flat-footed, maybe a little bit complacent, uh, show up, get their mouths punched. Game plan goes to crap when you get punched in the face, right? That's what I've been worrying about. Now, I'm obviously going to choose BYU, but I think it's going to be way closer than people think. Obviously, Vegas thinks Oregon's going to win, so I, I think BYU's going to win and cover, obviously. But I think it's going to be closer. I don't think BYU's going to blow them out. I think BYU's going to win, but I think it'll be two scores maximum, like 10 points maximum. It's going to be kind of a little bit of a slog fest. BYU's going to be really slow in the beginning, but we'll come out on top. Fair enough. I do think BYU's going to win this game as well. Like I can't say no. Uh, shout out to both Quentin Rice and uh, Corbin Green, who voted in the poll and said that BYU would win. 
So we got some confidence from the players as well. Love that. BYU is going to win this game. I do think they are going to take it to Oregon. I think that pleasant surprise that I was talking about for BYU's offense was just a week late. I think it will arrive this week. I think that we're going to play very good ball. I see us winning a 31-17 to game. Oh, 31-17. I'll take that. But you know, it isn't an offensive explosion. But it's but 30 I'll points. It. Yep. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I'm going to go 31-24. A touchdown. That's not like super in question, but it's one of those games where you have to leave the starters in for four quarters. Yep. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, any parting thoughts before we leave? I'm very excited to head to Oregon. Make sure you're checking mm. out the Instagram story and the Twitter as well. We're going to be doing a lot of fun things on our road trip. We are going to be making fun of, spoiler alert, some schools that claim they're states but are not states. Oh. So uh, you might want to look out for that. Yep. Uh, we Like like we said in the intro, uh, me and Justin and Jacob will be at this game. We'll be posting on the Instagram uh, just vlogs basically from our – 14-hour road trip that lies ahead crazy. of us. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a very fun weekend. For all of you watching at home, uh, please tell us how the uniform matchup looks on TV. We're obviously very excited about how good BYU is going to look in comparison to the mud swipes. Um, also, check out the weekend watch guide. Absolutely. Royalstrongandtrue.com. If you go to the week page, you can either go straight to the watch guide or you can go to the week page. And the week page has uh, a little bit of information, kind of breaks down the best games of the weekend. So make sure you're checking that out. Yeah, make sure you're checking it out. The weekend watch guides are incredible. Jared puts a ton of work into those. He has been putting crazy work into this website, so make sure you're checking it out, royalstrongandtrue.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super happy that we were able to preview this Oregon game with you. We will be in Oregon reporting live from the game, if you can call it that. <laughs> Before we sign out, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever other platform that you are listening to this on. Make sure you are checking out the website, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, and checking out Jared's Twitter at Jared Buckeye. Uh, yes, uh, next week we'll be with you to recap this wonderful win that BYU has just smacked Oregon in the face, ran all over, Bo Nix threw 10 interceptions, BYU took him to the house every single time, won 70 to 7. Mm -hmm. And that that one was a kick return because Ed Lamb refused to kick it out of the end zone. Yep, first mm -hmm. yep, yep. Um, anyway, before we sign off. Yo, BYU going to the Pacific Northwest. You might not think so, but they're ready for the test. They're going to go play the Oregon Ducks, but man, I'm going to tell you, they don't give a flying. Jared's wearing the Air Jordan shirt. They are going to play in the dirt. Just like BYU's going to smash those Oregon fools, they can't even dash. Oregon looks like mud. Or dirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were going on the same, same page. Ready? <laughs> feeling it? Feeling it? Oregon is trash. Kick him in the ash. Pukunakua is going to play. Gunnar Romney's going to play. Jaron Romney. I, I suck freestyling. Anyway, BYU's going to win, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right, that's it. Bye now. Bye now. <laughs>